1: Hi, and welcome back to season three, episode one of the Next Dimension podcast, your podcast that is all about VR and AR. And I'm so happy to be back for the premiere of season three with an amazing lineup here with us VR consultant and analyst giving us the hottest leaks. Who are you again? Hi. I'm Brad. (laughs) Yes, Bradley, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing great. Things are so chaotic right now. It fuels me with awesome. Yeah, good.
1: Great. (laughs) Okay, so good to have you back. And also here with us, Tatiana from Disco VR. Tatiana, so glad to have you back. How are you doing?
0: It's great to be back too. I'm doing well. Uh, Brad said it, things are chaotic and messy. We're just trying to navigate it and make sense of it. So
1: exactly. it's Exactly.
0: It's good to have this podcast.
1: Exactly. It's good to be back. Good to make sense of all the chaotic XR stuff that are happening. And yeah, I'm also really glad to be back. My name is Sebastian Ang. I'm founder of MRTV and the host of the Next Dimension podcast. Super happy to be back. I think I mentioned that already <laughs> and well yeah so for all of you who who don't know yet what this podcast is all about this is about a VR and AR and well this is live every Saturday at 9 p.m. Berlin 8 p.m. London noon in San Francisco and 3 p.m. in New York City and you can also listen to us everywhere where you can find podcasts like on Spotify, Google, Alexa and so on, iTunes. And we will be very glad if you would give us a five star review. Four stars would not be okay. So only five stars if possible. (laughs) And you can do so in the podcast app on your iPhone or iPad. Simply find us and give us a five star review. That's the best way to say thank you. Yes, that's right. All right. So today, we are going to talk about lots of amazing topics and well the topics are we talk about we're going to talk about the playstation vr 2 again we talked about it before but we never knew what it's all about but now we have hands-on so it's a couple of weeks or like a last week probably that people had hands-on time with it and we're going to talk about it also we're going to talk a bit about the state of play and the games they have told us there so that is pretty interesting then we are going to talk about bone lab oh yes bone lab is coming up Oh, that's my tagline here It's coming (laughs) up. Said it too early. (laughs) Said it too early, right? It's coming up um, next week, Thursday, and well, we are very much looking forward to it. And obviously, we're going to talk about it and what we're looking forward to. Right then. We are going to talk about the Pico 4. Of course, we're going to talk about the Pico 4, the new headset that has been just announced, at least for the European market and the Asian market. Very nice next generation headset with really nice specs and with a really amazing price of 429 euros. I am very much looking forward to that. And by the way, I'm just reading something here from DX. No. I'm not liking liking the pickle because my wife is from China, because actually my wife is from Taiwan, which really, really changes the situation here, right? So, so I beg to defer here. Yeah, but let's not go into politics because that is way too sad of a topic. Yeah. So, um, well, <laughs> and we will talk about the Quest Pro and Oculus Connect. So that is absolutely and a very exciting topic and well i'm we i'm looking forward to discuss with you yeah what you think the quest pro is going to be like is it a device that is probably still a bit for us gamers or is it just for yeah for industry for business well we will find out about that really, really soon. Oh yes, what an exciting time now to be a VR enthusiast. (laughs) And I think, (laughs) I know we all are. So lots of, lots of exciting things to talk about. Before we go into the topics, I do want to ask you guys, how are you doing? And what has your last weeks been like? So let's start with you, Bradley. So how are you doing? And um, yeah, what exciting things have happened to you
2: um i i it's been a crazy week uh it was a week of a lot of uh not, well i said a couple all, all-nighters because it's just been so busy and i've been talking to people trying to figure out uh a lot of different things about pico um since obviously i have not gotten a hands-on i am american which is uh you know <laughs> it's a good thing no games, normally <laughs> i didn't go to gamescom you know i didn't i didn't get right. the, the awesome uh, privilege yeah. to try it out so i've been asking a lot of technical questions to people that i know have access to one uh, abroad so it keeps me up at night and it's just been really exciting hearing all the different uh all the different uh topics and just really reading reading the internet too like seeing everyone's different opinions about uh Pico coming in is re- it's really kind of uh, interesting especially when you focus so much on uh, other hardware coming out and you, you see the comparisons people are making and the uh, I guess the, the the final conclusions they're making in their head before people have gotten full reviews of products or even announced officially products and stuff so yeah it's, it's just been a very kdoc chaotic time for the brain and I've been embracing it
1: <laughs> insane in the membrane <laughs> it, yeah that right yeah right that's so now let's cue it in oh man yeah okay <laughs> yeah good good to know I, I build, yeah it's a crazy time. It's a crazy exciting time. Finally, it had been so boring before. I mean, the only thing to look at were basically uh, your exciting leaks. But other than that, there was <laughs> nothing actually happening. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really mm-hmm. glad that now it is happening. Lots of goodness is actually happening. Yeah, thanks. Mm-hmm. Thanks Bradley for being here. So, Tatiana, how about you? I'm I'm so glad that we're back together in a show we haven't seen each other for quite a while, right? Uh, our break has been quite long. So, yes, how are you doing?
0: It hasn't been long. I was wondering about it. I remember I texted you several times like, "Hey, when are we coming back? When are we coming back?" Yes, yes, back? exactly. Um, but I feel like I'm in the same boat with Brad just because I'm not an American, but I'm in America. And so right. I have all the privileges and limitations of, of that. Um, pretty much because things have been so quiet, I've been picking up other projects, you know, keeping myself busy with other VR stuff. And of course, with my you know job at SideQuest, some exciting things have been going on on that end that oh, we'll yeah. be hearing about soon.
1: On this podcast, um, hopefully as well.
0: <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> um but also in other places i, I think um sure but everywhere overall, <laughs> i think because things have been quiet with um the hardware and the news i've gotten comfortable working on my own thing and now that things keep pouring out and me not being a part of them because i also didn't get to go to gamescom and i also can't get my hands-on experience with playstation vr2 and pico 4 i've I I feel left out, and it's hard to get into that mode of reporting, reporting. So I'm actually working on the recap of everything because it wow, so much cool. has happened in such a short time. <laughs> yes, even yes. like me being in this industry, it's hard to keep up. So I imagine it's hard for just regular users to keep up. So I'm instead of making tons of little videos, I'm kind of making just one recap of what happened, like two major things. And then the bone lab got announced, and so <laughs> oh, yes. these just never stop. So there's so much they, that that's happening. But I'm I'm working on kind of getting into the mood of reporting uh, and following it all closer. And Brad and I were talking right before the podcast that I I'm still at the point where I prioritize sleep over work.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like that I prioritization. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you know. I, I love doing YouTube and I love my job, but it's so easy to get burned out. And I try to be very conscious of that, especially with other things happening in life right now. Um, so that's why it's a little bit slower in my end, but I'm getting into it and more exciting stuff's going to be coming. Yeah, just working my way through it and uh, preparing for even more for even more fun things to talk about.
1: Okay. Wow. That sounds absolutely amazing. And yeah, glad that we will be talking here on this podcast again about all the exciting stuff that is happening in VR. Yeah, so for me, um, I had a really great break, did some uh, summer vacation things, uh, was in uh, France with uh, the caravan, and uh, did all kinds of cool things, and really enjoyed the summer. Where, anyways, it was too hot here in Europe to uh, to play VR. But now I'm happy to say that I'm back, uh, and I'm like. Uh, putting those videos out like there's no tomorrow, (laughs) which I really enjoy, really enjoy to be back at the the YouTube game. And of course, last week especially was exciting because, well, we finally got to see the Pico 4 announcement, right? And I did have hands-on with the device at Gamescom and I did see that really cool presentation that they put out there to talk about the Pico 4. And yeah, I was glad that we could finally talk about that price because, well, it had been leaked to me like four months ago. It was like so tough not to talk about that amazing price. But then, yep, I'm really glad that now all is out and we can talk about it. And finally, it's time for competition in the in the VR market for competition and for more exciting games and hardware and all kinds of crazy things that are going to happen. And I'm glad to be able to talk about it here on the podcast with you guys. <laughs> yeah, right. So that is basically it here for me. And I can't wait now to get into all of our topics. So let's do that. All right. Let me change this here now. Not like this, like this. Okay, cool. So let's talk about our first topic, PSVR 2. Yes, we all are looking forward to it and we kind of made it feel like the PSVR 2 might be the last hope for virtual reality to really get into the mainstream. That is the feeling that I had, like everyone is super excited about it, but yeah, nobody had any kind of hands-on. We thought like, okay, cool, um, it's a Tokyo game show. People are going to try Resident Evil 8. And I was actually thinking about going to Tokyo because I thought like, okay, that would be a great start <laughs> into uh, into yeah, the after summer break season, right? Like, wow, hands-on. And then I tried to find out how to, t- how to do it and I found out it doesn't really work. It's too complicated for a foreigner to go to Japan right now. And then to get that hands-on, very complicated. (laughs) Yeah, but then suddenly so many people got hands-on. It was like such a big surprise for me to see all these videos. So how was it for you? Was it a total surprise for you too to see all these videos from all these outlets, IGN, Verge, and all the others? Um, Bradley? I think they
2: timed it perfectly. Is one thing I really want to point out first because it was right after that with the, the, the playstation state of play oh and which was so, bad. so <laughs> depressed yeah, from it exactly exactly and then like the next day they throw this out and like people are like oh my god <laughs> there, there's a point to this it, 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 it's happening um, yeah right oh, exactly uh, it was super cool to see a lot of interesting uh opinions about in first hand impressions uh I, I liked to hear people comment on oled again after been pretty much so long uh people were remembering why rich contrast is so immersive in VR and especially in the games she showed off because they're all really dark games, especially you might have noticed. Um, that's always fun when demos are tailored to that. But it was also really good to hear that uh, the the Horizon game, not, 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 mm. not Horizon World, the Horizon yeah, game right. uh, <laughs> is like apparently <laughs> seven to eight hours, which is uh, a lot more impressive than I think people were thinking because when they first showed off footage of that game, um, mm. I don't know. I, my, 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 uh, yeah, it's, it's exciting to see. Uh, I, I think, uh, I think the more interesting thing was after the impressions, they were showing off, uh, that new trailer that, and they were showing off, like the feature of using eye tracking to select like a weapon mm. wheel and stuff. Oh yeah. that trailer is that really been, nice actually. I think. Yeah. That's been like something, uh, I mean, people have been saying that was going to happen for so many years. Something like that, and like it's it's really fun to see people introduced to that idea for the first time and get their opinions on it. Because people are like, "Am I gonna am I gonna like that? Is that <laughs> is that gonna be good or anything?" So um, I
0: don't know.
2: I, I get more joy out of reading internet reactions than than uh, out of my own reaction itself. So,
0: <sighs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I think it's going to be fantastic. The first time I saw it, it just looked so futuristic that you just look look at it and you select the weapon just by looking at the the, the right selection. It's just something from a movie, like a sci-fi. Magic. You know, when, when you're on a spaceship and you're controlling this futuristic spaceship just by, like, looking or even doing gestures. This, Yeah, this this part this right part, here. Right? It's, yes. just, it's amazing. Um, that thing alone, I think, is enough to... To get people excited about it and uh, the foveated rendering that you're showing here too i remember some <laughs> of the you know people who tried hands on said that they it couldn't they couldn't really notice it, they couldn't feel it how well so it's perfect how basically. well this eye tracking is working because it all depends on the accuracy of this eye tracking which is freaky yeah. <laughs> how accurate it can be that you don't notice the blurry parts where you're not looking i'm i'm so stoked about this
1: really yeah me too and it seems like everyone that checked it out really liked it there was not one person who had hands-on that said like oh I'm disappointed or oh no I had hope for more everyone was just like yes this feels like next generation and yeah I totally agree with you um Tatiana, what you what you thought about that that for rendering that it simply works perfectly like they could not see it Right? that's of course mm-hmm. that's how it should work right you look at some yes. part and this part is being rendered in full resolution and all the other parts are in a lower resolution which means like you just save so much computing power and the ps5 will be good for this task for the next couple of years right until the playstation 6 comes along and brings the PS- mm-hmm. psvr 3 or whatever right so it's it's really like a very rounded system which well, we all, I believe, are looking forward to.
0: What's. Yep. Um, yeah, well, I, I thought it was really funny because I was also watching, no, reading some of the comments before there was any hands on and any demonstration. We were getting the leaks and some information about how this is going to be a tethered a ah, VR right. headset and we're going to have a cable and a ton of people were booing it and just saying it's going to fail because it's the worst decision ever to have a tethered right. headset, you know, when right. there are so many wireless ones. And now you can see how suddenly everyone's okay with it.
1: Everyone's <laughs> coming around. Fine. No problem. It's,
0: no, it's fine. The cable is
1: you know? just very thin and very okay. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's funny it seems how everybody be no problem i have been thinking about that
2: a lot, actually, um, because it's true has that has been like the one argument, um, for a while. And I I think the truth is, uh, I think VR is still in a state where I don't think the quest two is even getting near the amount of retention to where people are constantly coming back to it. And the reason is the software can't really be to a point where people come back to it every day, but with the PSVR two, you know, they're targeting that like high fidelity, like everything market where people are going to be buying games like maybe once every few months. And Sony realizes that that's, that's how much AAA games are probably going to come out for the thing. So the wire in that situation is not a problem because people are just going to put it in their shelf and whatever. Um, Cause you know, I constantly, I constantly think about like quest two users and the user base um, it'll come back because of bone lab, but yeah, it's, 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 I, I think, I think for where VR is right now, I don't think uh, the cable on PSVR two is an issue at all.
1: And it does make sense because if they would not have gone for the cable, of course, they would have to put a battery which makes the the device um, heavier and more expensive, right? It's all about expenses. They need to come down with the price to compete against Quest 2 and Pico 4 now. So it it all kind of makes sense. Also, they have this high resolution um, displays that needs to be driven. And if you send that over Wi-Fi, well, it doesn't work so well. I mean, it's okay, it's pretty good now, but still, if you have to send it over your normal Wi-Fi connection, it is not as perfect as you would hope for. And they want to go for that super nice picture quality, right? With that beautiful OLED colors and stuff. So it does make sense. And I'm glad to hear that nobody was saying like, Oh God, (laughs) the cable is a deal breaker now for Mm -hmm. me for PSVR 2. Everyone was super happy and said like, Hey, that truly is, it does feel like the next generation of VR, and what I'm excited about, next to the Favier rendering that works so well and that will give us even more beautiful titles in the future, truly is the adaptive trigger. I, I'm I'm ex- totally excited about it. I must tell you guys. So when I got my PlayStation Five, um, yeah, the, the, the most exciting thing was the controller, right? <laughs> the graphics, yes, I've seen great graphics before. But having that controller in my hands and feeling the different weapons with a different kind of resistance, it just made a huge difference for me. And to think about having this in VR, where you don't see your controller, but where you see that cool gun, and then you pull the trigger and it feels different for all the guns, I do believe this is going to give me so much more immersion. What are your thoughts to that, Tatiana?
0: Well, yeah, because it's it's even more important in vr right you're talking about immersion uh some of the examples i think they showed in the trailer was when you're using a bow and you could hear feel the feel the resistance or you can feel the feedback when you're doing that just it just makes it feel i imagine so much better and so much more immersive and it's only one experience i just like with uh, the eye tracking and that the controllers, the developers will have probably full control of how they want to program their games to, to react to those. So it's just going to open so many doors to how we experience these games. I don't yeah. think there is a single headset that does it for now. So it's hard even to imagine. But it's, it's kind of on the level with like haptic vests if you're wearing those. And then you're having haptic feedback by using controllers just coming together to a single perfect package right definitely excited to see that
1: oh yeah what are your thoughts about the haptic feedback for the triggers um, bradley i think that's
2: i, I think it's great and i i don't have much to say I, I agree with you guys i don't think there's anything not like i don't want them not to have it you know it's just like you're another, you're you're another like. extra thing it's, it, it's <laughs> really cool um i i think i think the excitement from developers that i talked to about it is like Really telling too, because that you talk to any developer that has uh, these things, and they're just like, "This is the device they're most excited to develop for." So I think that mm-hmm. is very telling.
1: Yeah, yeah right. Wow. Yeah. But but what is your favorite feature about the device, Tatiana? From from what we've heard so far.
0: Um, I think okay. So we mentioned the eye tracking. So I'm not going to mention You're it right. again. I would say maybe just to just to mention something different. I've noticed the way, you know, how it uses this pass through to scan your environment oh, before that you start. That's really cool.
1: That's really but you cool. You
0: don't have to do it manually with the controller or you kind of set your environment. In the beginning, the initial setup stages, it does it automatically, it just scans your room. And it's so cool to see how it does it. Um, and it's all ready to go. So it simplifies basically the setup process, which is great to. know maybe to attract even the new users to show that vr can be simple it's not something you need to to spend a lot of time learning and you know the the easier and the faster you get to jump in the game the better it is for you know attracting new people into into vr
1: agreed totally agreed bradley i know that you are a huge fan of micro OLED. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, but but this is not micro-OLED this is a this is still an OLED display so what are your thoughts about this being an OLED display being an HDR display and in general the display and the lenses this time Fresnel is compared to um the aspheric lenses from the PSVR1 Yeah
2: no um I think so, I, I, I think uh, again, they're using Fresnel, which allows them to use standard glass backplane OLED. Um, I think, again, for what they're doing with this device, I don't think it's an, an issue that they're not using something like Pancake for now. I think, uh, I, I, again, uh, so OLED, standard OLED, uh, the brightness can only get so bright um, with these displays. And Fresnel lenses, they don't cut that much light efficiency. So that mm-hmm. allows them to get to that higher HDR rating. Um, unfortunately, we don't have the exact specs to how bright those uh, displays get, but it's enough for people have, at least in re- like early first impressions, have noticed, oh, I come out of a dark space and it gets bright. I really notice that a little bit more than what we've had with the uh, LCD and like the, the, the grays and stuff. But um, the one thing I do want to say about the OLED displays they're using in it is they're much higher PPI than most OLED, glass back planes and like a cell phone for example, much higher PPI. So like Sony is spending a bit more money than normal on these displays. And I think that's very notable um, and good for them because I know maybe later down the line, uh, Sony will want to do some sort of special device because they're also, a, they, they, they themselves mass produce micro OLED displays like in all the, Nreal glasses, those are Sony OLED micro displays and stuff. So they know what they're doing when it comes to displays, I would say.
1: Right, totally agreed. And I must say, for that, the OLED display of the first PSVR is already so old, it is still doing quite an amazing job, right? If you compare PSVR1 display to like a CV1 or the first HTC Vive, like yeah, Sony display all the time, right? Because it always it already u- used the full RGB stripe matrix, so three subpixels for every single pixel instead of like pentile, uh, which would give you that kind of like um, screen door effect. So. That was already great and now the next generation I'm pretty sure it does look amazing and I can't wait to look through it myself. So not using Pancake and Micro OLED also for me that's okay um, because well the PlayStation VR 2 is supposed to be as comfortable as the first one and the first one was really comfortable so I think it's a good call not to change that winning setup (laughs) in terms of um, the comfort. So that is, that is pretty cool. And we're speaking
0: opinion. of comfort. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Brian. No, you go ahead, you
2: go ahead.
1: It's your turn.
0: <laughs> oh, no, because I wanted mm-hmm. to switch a little bit. just towards the comfort since, uh, uh, so kind of went back to it. Um, yeah. it, it, it's funny, right? We are looking at these headsets that are becoming smaller and smaller, like Pico and, uh, and then we get this really bulky PSCR <laughs> too.
1: Like it's <laughs> cool. a,
0: it's a chunky guy. It is kind of bulky. It is. Yeah. And it, and and we already said that there's no battery there because we didn't want to make it even bulkier. So it has a cable, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and it's still a big boy. And um, big the, boy. <laughs> the first VR, you know, the first PlayStation VR was big, but it was comfortable. So we can we can see that it's not all about size. It's just about it's not how they describe about it size. that way. So I'm really curious. Like they did, everybody everyone who did try it on said that it's a pretty comfortable headset. I'm really curious how they made it, you know, work. Oh, but controllers is also worth talking about. Maybe, maybe that would be the next thing, because right. I'm not sure. I know that it it's just dramatically. Yeah, it's huge. <laughs> <laughs> look now, at that.
1: Looking, looking at it, at it again <laughs> after having looked at the the Pico Four and the Quest Pro for quite a while. I mean, in the leagues, of course, only. So yeah, um, it is. I remember kind of when uh, I tried,
0: Pyramex like. I could so not <laughs> used to how big it is. I just kept hitting like myself. And with the controller, just look at that. They have yeah, this. They look ring. huge too, right? I mean you can punch your own handset with that thing, depending on the game you play. I'm a little worried about that. I gotta be honest. It will take yeah. some getting used to.
2: It yeah, it will not pass the uh drink out a cup test, that's for sure. <laughs> um <laughs> uh no, no, I, I I but but you know, uh that that's the bulkiness is the reason why they're able to use those mm-hmm. displays and uh mm-hmm. Also, I mean, they're clearly trying to make this thing as cheap as possible because, you know, you have to buy the console, you have to buy the headset. So um, there are definitely things where they had to sacrifice. Uh, I, I do think Pancake is gonna become more mainstream for sure. Um, and Fresnel, I think Fresnel is on its way out for the foreseeable future. And, um, but I, I do think uh, Sony knows like their design, their head strap design. It's interesting, because I I, I found out uh, from a document that was sent to me is the headset, the entire thing weighs about 630 grams, which is more than the quest two at 503 grams. But a lot of the you're gonna see a lot of weight numbers come out for all these headsets, especially even Pico Four. they they're like, with the strap and everything, it weighs yeah. more than a quest two. But for VR headsets, you can't look at that weight number because it's all about the center of gravity. It's about the balancing and the counterweighting. So like, don't look at weight numbers in spec sheets Mm -hmm. and just assume, oh, this weighs more, it must be terrible, you know, because it's not the case at all.
1: Totally agreed, like the index is heavy, but it feels good on my head at least, least, right? So totally agreed to that. Yeah, what are your thoughts about the, um, the haptic feedback in the device on the head? We heard quite some experiences with it. So, so what are your thoughts? Do you think it's going to be uh, uh, like more making it making it more immersive, or do you believe it's more of a gimmick, um, Bradley? What are your thoughts?
2: Uh, I think the way. So I I, I had the b haptic space thing, and I thought that was really cool, mm-hmm. but it was like super uncomfortable. I like, oh, really. To wear. Okay. Yeah, like okay. I, I felt like I could feel the motors pressing against my face wearing it. But, uh, but, but, like for the little bit of time I tested it, I was like, this is a cool feature. I would love to be integrated somehow more comfortably one day. Um, because, because, the best example was, uh, in Half-Life Alex, when a head crab jumped on my face and started <laughs> humping my oh, face, I yeah. felt, I felt the humping <laughs> in the high
1: fidelity <laughs> and I was Yeah, sick. you want to feel the uh, humping in general.
2: Yeah. You want to feel that <laughs> humping on your face, but no, I, I, think it's a great feature again. It's just, it's just another little thing. They only add one yeah. little motor in there just to add to it, the experience. And I, I think it's, I think it's gonna be a really good call for a lot of different game experiences.
1: Yeah. What
2: I are your thoughts, you. Tatiana?
0: I agree. It's all about how well it's integrated, whether it's seamless or not. I know about the face haptics from B-haptics. I haven't tried them yet, but I was I was kind of thinking how how it could be used. Like maybe if a wind is blowing in your face, you could feel just a very gentle vibration to you. But the, the head crap is obviously the top example here. Um, I was just trying to think of more like how that would be taken advantage of. But just having that option without, so, so that you don't have to buy an extra, extra toy to add to your VR experience is already a great thing. Adding more for developers to play with, too.
1: Right, I agree. I'm just thinking horror games when somebody gets you from behind. like I hate horror games in VR. you guys know that because it's way too immersive, but with that they're even making it more immersive. And what I think is beautiful about this being built into the PSVR2 system is that now more developers will simply make use of it, just like with with the mm-hmm. uh, eye tracking, right Now yeah. it is an industry standard now. It is not fragmented. Like people who, uh, developers who, who are using it who are doing PSVR games, they will most probably use it for sure for 4-video rendering, but for, who knows, all kinds of other things. And for other platforms, like the, like the Pico platform or the Quest platform, well, it is going to be fragmented at one point, right? Because people have the Quest 2, then they have the Quest Pro, which does have eye tracking, so yeah, the, the experiences will not all have eye-tracking, right? Because you still have to address all these people with the Quest 2, those poor bastards. <laughs> so, 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 but with PSVR 2, yes, it is one um, ecosystem that has eye-tracking, that has head rumble, that has um, forced feedback on the controllers. So that is going to be cool and games will use it, which I think is pretty amazing. But on the other hand, there's also uh, something bad about this because, well, it is not going to to be compatible with PSVR One games, right? There was that came out like one day later in that um, podcast, in that PlayStation podcast that I never knew existed in the first place. <laughs> but, but, but now, but now we know it's there. And well, the question was asked: Can PlayStation VR Two play PSVR One games? And the person, uh, the Sony person, said. No, it cannot because PSVR 2 is the future. <laughs> yeah, so there, there was kind of like a, a lame answer to that. Uh, but mm-hmm. what were your thoughts about it, Tatiana, when you heard, oh, PSVR yeah. 2 cannot play PSVR 1 games and starts from zero, basically, for the game library?
0: Yeah, I, I think it's completely justified. I was not surprised and I wasn't even upset by that. If anything, I would be. Uh, I would have some questions if it was backwards compatible, just mm-hmm. because uh, how old is PlayStation VR one? Was it six or eight years? 2016 like that? It started just knowing that all the experience that I built for PS VR two are built for it and not just adapted makes you feel like, yes, we are playing something that's brand new, that's fresh, that takes advantage of the newest uh, tech that we have now. Um, having something adapted just, I still it would still not feel like uh no it wouldn't take advantage of everything that now we're offered with this device and um yeah sorry i <laughs> i was just i i gave it i gave it a thought <laughs> and i just think that you you have to think about it like this is a new headset that's being released it's not just a new generation of of precision vr it's pretty much a brand new headset you can't get those games well that's it's kind of the price you have to pay but it's just way too much that's being added there. I, I accepted it. <laughs> I <know that laughs> Okay. I, you just I, accepted I just it. it. Yeah.
1: Okay. What are your thoughts, Bradley?
2: So I, I, I recently voiced some thoughts about this. Um, and I realized I, I took, I took a step back and I'm like, why, why do I think this way? And I, I think it's because I've, I'm such like a, I'm not really a console gamer at all. So like the concept of not being able to carry Purchases over to a upgraded system, even though the architecture is almost exactly the same as the last architecture. Not talking about the the VR stuff. I'm talking about the actual console itself. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I really appreciate. Here comes Valve Shill time. I really appreciate all the work that Valve put in the Steam VR, so that like multiple input schemes oh. like work and like it yeah. actually translates with each new generation pretty well, even though the UI and stuff is garbage and stuff. It's unfortunate that there isn't a. It's unfortunate that Sony didn't think about that clearly at the beginning because obviously they knew if there was going to be a second generation, it'd probably be on a new system. And console users are used to the concept of not, or, or or they're they're used to the concept of buying brand new games that they bought in the previous generation as a remaster. So I don't know. I, 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 I get why they're doing it. I think it's uh great that all these games will have ports that they can resell and, and get more money. Um but yeah, I I just come from a PC VR head uh, mindset where it's just like it's uh it's it's just painful. If I didn't have a lot of money, it would it would be hard if I was a PSVR one person and then like there's a game that I really liked on PSVR one, I guess you can still play that on PSVR one, but you know, they're, they're gonna want to maybe play some of these things. PS- we're gonna we're gonna see another Skyrim port is what I'm trying to say, guys, and that freaking sucks. <laughs> finally, I want to see another
1: finally Skyrim, Skyrim again, right? Another <laughs> version of Skyrim that we can play again. <laughs> yeah, but they
0: are working on no man's sky, right? So yeah. if that's a brand new game that people who have no man's sky will pretty much have to buy it again. Um, I'm, I'm
1: wondering, how is this going to work? What like what if you already um, owned No Man's Sky on PSVR 1? Do you have to buy it again or is it going to be a free patch for you? I, I, I believe that is up to the developers. Yeah. That's what I believe, right? Just like developers can choose on uh, Quest, is it cross-play or not? So I do believe, well, it's up to the developers and I do hope that the developers will honor that they were supported by people on PSVR 1 and kind of give them a patch, a free patch, mm-hmm. and for all the others who are new to the system, they can buy it again. I, I do believe it's fair. Mm. Yeah, but yeah. the world it's, is not it's fair. It's not even. <laughs> I, I, I think the
2: internet made it a bigger issue than it really is. And even me mm-hmm. talking about it, I'm like, oh god, people are going to think. Oh yeah, I made a whole video about it.
1: <laughs> like, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how can they? No, no, it,
2: it, it really, it really like is just such a. I don't know, it's it's a it's a non thing. Like it's you're not going to change anything by. Complaining about it, and people just love to complain anyway. So it's it's whatever.
1: That's true. Yeah. Uh, one um, last. Yep. Yeah, go ahead, Tatiana. uh
0: <laughs> maybe that's something you wanted to say anyway, but I was wondering what you think, how much you think it's gonna cost.
1: Yeah, exactly. That would that would be my <laughs> question. So you but have look asked at that. it. Perfect. Okay. My my guess is four hundred and forty nine U S dollars. What What are your thoughts, Tatiana?
0: Four hundred and forty-nine.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Hmm. Well, just speaking historically of how they price their headsets and that they don't normally overprice. I'll go. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will go what I want to see, not necessarily what will be, but I would like to see it for three ninety-nine
1: oh yeah i would love that price but mm. i do believe it's too too little really what is what is your guess probably you know it already secretly i'm going to leak it know. now I really, I really don't know, I really don't
2: know. <laughs> uh i, I i'm kind of with uh tetiana on this honestly i, I think it's oh, really wow like it's just because of the adoption you have you have to buy you have to buy the ps5 and mm-hmm. i i genuinely think that sony makes their money back on software better than even Meta does, for example. So that kind of subsidizing makes more sense for them. Because again, that is a barrier to entry, having that PS5 for users who are at least VR enthusiasts. I'm not sure how the, if we're thinking about the the actual console crowd that don't really care much about VR, like like, like there's people out there like that, like you cannot price this thing that high, honestly. Um, And I, I think Sony wants to be more mass market with this thing.
0: And they can afford to. I think yeah. they can afford to go mass market. I mean, Meta yeah. could. Sony has an even better reputation with that they <laughs> and do. a bigger base. They do. Well, Bradley and Tatiana said 399 So PlayStation. So it's going to happen. Sony. Come on. Yeah.
1: <laughs> don't blame me if it costs 449 But I still think 449 would be like an acceptable price for this headset with these controllers, with these yeah OLED I, I screens, finally. Think-
2: I don't think I'd it's work. that expensive to make though, generally. Okay. Like
1: I think it probably will
2: yep. cost around the same
1: price as a Quest 2 to make. Probably even cheaper, no battery, no processor, everything no is audio on the PS5. In? Oh yeah, that is bad, by the way, in my opinion, right? This yeah. is really sad. It's because the price, they, they need to go down with the price. And therefore it doesn't have audio, which mm-hmm. in 2022 is a bad idea, yep. I agree, but we still all are going to buy it and probably love it. So so, <laughs> uh, so, what is your hype from one to ten about the PSVR 2, Tiziana? Your hype number.
0: My hype? Yeah. Fifteen?
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> I have wanted it so bad. <laughs> yeah, I already told you I bought PlayStation 5. <laughs> yeah, I was fine with the station 4. Honestly, honest to God, I was OK with it. I bought it because I wanted the new generation of VR that was my main reason
1: okay great How how is your feeling um, Bradley from 1 to 10 how excited are you about it six okay wow so your excitement is all about um PC VR Deckard <laughs>
2: uh I I I I think that the console itself it's it's again the most thing I'm excited for is probably the triggers and the OLED making a comeback but um I think the thing that sells the system is that everyone cares about it is gonna be the software. Like if somehow Meta waved the magic wand and brought AAA titles to Quest 2, people wouldn't be talking about PSVR 2 as much as Quest 2 again, right? Because I, I really think that's what people are excited for is the promise of AAA content, which Sony will eventually provide for sure. Um, but for now, um, the, the, the two titles that I'm excited for was a, was a Firewall
1: and uh, the Horizon game. That's two titles. And it looked so good. The Horizon, they game. Do look oh my good. God. the colors like, oh, yes, I like colorful games, but this is like over the top and then with that OLED screen display. Wow. Nice. Yeah, yeah. but
2: on, on, I think uh, as the software library gets bigger, like I, my hype will go up for it because I think that's really the big promise. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, it's a solid 10. I'm so excited about this device, I can't wait for it. The only problem that I still see is that software side because the state of play was like, wow, it was so disappointing. I was hoping for Half Life Alex announcement or who knows, any kind of triple A feeling game, and then we get those. Those games that are great. Yeah, Demio, I love it. But well, we can play Demio on a Quest 2, like in a fantastic way. Everywhere we we go, we can bring it anywhere, right? And that Star Wars game. Yeah, it is also great already on on the Quest 2, honestly speaking, right? I don't need the PlayStation VR 2 to play these these, um, Quest games. That was my feeling about State of Play. Same for you?
0: Yeah, I was I was more excited about some other titles. Like I was really eyeing that Harry Potter game. <laughs> Wish it was in VR. Damn it. <laughs> but yeah. it's not. But no, I, I I definitely feel you. It's I feel like they were just holding back. Hopefully.
2: Wow. Yeah, it's, exactly. they
0: are just holding back.
2: Yeah. I, I hope they uh, I hope VR chat gets on the platform, to be honest, and then people with the haptics on their head can uh, head pat you and you'll oh, feel yeah. head pats. I think that would be a, a game
1: changer. Yeah. Anyway. the simple be,
0: things that get people excited.
1: That would be really good. That would be yeah. so good. Yeah, let's see. Let's see. Um, hopefully they will give us those cool A games close, closer to launch. And I believe it's going to be a huge success and it will make a really important dent into our industry i believe psvr2 yeah looking forward to that cool cool yeah talking about games and software let's get to our next topic and it's something that i'm i'm truly excited about so let me show you a video now that has been released um yeah <laughs> not so long ago <laughs> and yeah we're talking about Bone Lab, the successor of Boneworks, and this time you can play it on on the Quest 2. And we're, we're, we're looking at footage here from the Quest 2, and I would say that looks quite remarkable actually. And also we can play it on PC VR. And what I've seen so far looks truly, truly amazing. In my opinion, this could be the next huge game that everyone talks about, that everyone needs to play. And that is probably going to be a, a game that people just go back and back and back into and s- simply keep on playing, making crazy content with, just look at this, how unbelievable that looks like. I think it's it's crazy. So um, yeah, we, we we've seen now first gameplay, We've seen Mm -hmm. that it still rocks this, that it still has this amazing um, physicality to it, Mm -hmm. but now you can easily change your avatar, the the person that you're playing with, simply by, um, I I don't know how to say that, like getting something out of your elbow. (laughs) (laughs) Like you're pulling some string and then you you would play with different kind of avatars, like a super strong one or a ninja one, and they all have like different kind, kinds of um, aspects to their gameplay, like like one is fast and one is huge and one is strong. And that is something that I'm really looking forward to. Um, Bradley, um, what are your feelings about Bone Lab? Are you looking forward to it? And what are you looking forward to it, if you're looking forward to it? So one thing I want to I wanna clarify, uh, the trailer
2: uh that node plays which is this one uh this is the PC version with airlink. Oh, oh really?
1: Okay. I was going to
0: ask okay, gonna ask because, if that was PC or quest. Got it,
1: got it. Because yeah I was wondering this looks so good, right? Okay. It's just, yeah like
2: the shadows and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um <laughs> okay. no 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 I, I, I yeah, it is coming out on Quest and the Quest version still looked pretty good when they showed screenshots back then. okay um, good to know. Yeah. But I think this is going to boost I think this is gonna be the first game that brings people back to all the VR systems that might be in closets right now, uh, to be Mm -hmm. completely honest. And I think uh, I'm excited for it. I hope it doesn't make me sick. (laughs) Because honestly, uh, one of the first games that made me sick in a while was Boneworks when I first played it.
1: Um, When you were going up the wall, sometimes it was like a bit strange, like how, how the physics worked. And uh, yeah. one there, there was the zip line thing that pulled
2: you up, and one right. time my arm got stuck in it, like like literally got stuck <laughs> in
1: it. So I'm like sh-
2: trying to shake it off, right. but because I'm shaking it off, I'm like, <laughs> like like oh my god, I, I was I had to put it down for a little bit. But um, yeah. but no joke, like it, this is I mean these people love to push the boundaries of what devs have been saying you can't do for a while mm-hmm. because it might make people sick, and I think that's always important. I think bringing this to the quest. Like standalone platforms is gonna be great um i think it's gonna be more interesting to see the reactions of standalone only players because they don't really have anything as intense as this and i'm very curious if yeah. they're going to be i already feel people are loud about this game being making them sick <laughs> this, than
1: normal i would totally do this when i played yeah yeah
2: <laughs> yeah but sorry. No, I, I think it's gonna be no. I think it's gonna be great for all the ecosystem. I think it's gonna be a big boost to all games that might have come out during the summer, but weren't enough to get people to mm-hmm.
0: pull out
1: the closet headsets. So yeah, right. And how how about your thoughts about it, uh, Tatiana?
0: Well, I love everything that has to do with experimental VR experiences. That's actually you know a big reason why I love like exploring the side quest stuff, but. This is, of course, a different level, but I have to confess that I have not played Boneworks. Oh, do it. Um, (laughs) And I don't think I will now that this thing is coming out. I might just jump straight into that, but I do have a question. And I think that someone else asked it in the chat as well. Those of you who played it, uh, would you describe it as mostly just a sandbox style game or is there the campaign or a goal or something that because there are many gamers that are into story driven games and I'm one of them, too. What would you say is the the coolest thing about this game for you?
1: Uh, Well, it's not just Sandbox, also the first one. There is Sandbox mode where you can do all kinds of cool, amazing things with all that physics that is built into the game, right? You could you could just like uh, use the weapons in so many ways and it would react how a real weapon would react in real life, mm-hmm. I believe. <laughs> so yeah, that was amazing, but there was also a campaign for the first game and also for the second there will be a campaign. So it's not just about um, this sandbox mode, which for sure is going to give us lots of amazing content on YouTube mm. and TikTok and everywhere. Like all the, all these crazy things that you only can do in virtual reality that you could never do in one of those disgusting flat games. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, so I, I, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Wanted to mention, uh, sa- uh, uh, you know, Brett, I wasn't, I wasn't laughing at anything you said earlier. As, you know, there, I was watching the trailer, and I was just fascinating. I, I about, was about this I was now. laughing at how the the player was fascinating that he, indeed, had some boobs on him, and yeah. <laughs> that was just yeah, funny. Too. Yeah, I'm looking forward to try that it.
1: out as well on me. How it feels. I'm, so. Yeah.
0: Knock yourself out. It's amazing. (laughs) Uh, I can recommend. (laughs) You can
1: totally recommend it. Yeah, I believe so.
0: (laughs) But I will be among, you know, I'll be the representative of the people who will be trying this intense experience for the first time. I will be jumping in this game tomorrow. And yeah, looking forward to telling you (laughs) what I think about it.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. I'm also looking forward to try it out very soon and then all of our videos are going to drop on next Thursday <laughs> at <laughs> like um, 7 p.m. Uh, German time. Yeah, that is nine hours before in uh, in uh, San Francisco. So yeah, you're going to see lots of lots of footage from all lots these from all these damn influencer people. Not from me. <laughs> on... <laughs> 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 yep. So wow, I'm really looking forward to it. And I must say for for the first game, Boneworks, when I first played it, like it had a like a very, very long tutorial and with some strange I must honestly honestly say strange like puzzles that I didn't like. And my first impression was like ah, I don't like this game. And I was even like putting it on Twitter like how I dislike the game. There was that was sad. I'm sure they were sad about it. But then, honestly speaking, when I was deeper into it and the story mode really picked up because it only picked up after like one and a half hours or so. It was so cool. And I loved, I really loved Boneworks and it's still one of my favorite VR games. And honestly speaking, like it's it's really actually one of my favorite ones. It, It totally caught me in it. So I finished this game and I must tell you, I don't finished so many games, but this one I finished, it has some some kind of weirdness about it that I totally (laughs) loved. (laughs) So I I can't wait for that to be on the Quest 2 for more people to enjoy it. And of course also the PC VR version. So Mm. yeah, I am really hyped for a game and normally I am (laughs) hyped for hardware. But this time I am really hyped for a game and I can't wait to play it as soon as possible
0: okay
2: there is one thing i want to add that i'm mostly excited about it for and uh they have a huge modding perspective oh, on exactly, it exactly exactly yeah so like all those yeah, avatars sorcery yeah yeah like like they're built they have like they're building like an actual platform for mod for modders to actually implement stuff and be able to it sounds like it's cross-platform too so if you make a mod for pc you can also work for quest users so you'll be able to like it sounds like you'd be able to like download avatars that people upload and, and add that to your thing. So you'll probably see videos online of like a lot of uh like hulks or whatever, just like more, like copyrighted characters playing BoneWorks and stuff. And I, I think it's a really cool proponent. I, I think it, it feels like almost they're trying to be like 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 a light version of Gary's mod, but in like the mm-hmm. BoneWorks engine. And I think that could be very successful if they do that prospect, <clears throat> right? Which is really I, exciting.
0: I rarely give in to game hype. I'm very selective with like what I play because I play very like I don't play nearly enough <laughs> nearly as much as I should as I want to because of you know, how busy life is but I think this game is like one of few ones that I'm totally just giving myself into this hype and I'm gonna jump in it because of overwhelming amount of positive and exciting and exciting like, comments about it so I, you guys, it's gonna be on you if I hate it. <laughs> Honestly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> no, you. I don't think you're going to hate it. I don't
0: think I'm gonna hate I it. I
1: really now. don't think so. And yeah, I really loved the first part. Also, the music. It was so weird. I,
0: like
1: I can I can remember the soundtrack now if I think about it. So you probably too, um, Bradley. So it's yeah, it's so intense and cool. And yeah, I can't wait to play it very soon. So. I also believe that this is going to bring back lots of hype to VR. And that's finally something that we can talk about, Mm -hmm. right? There hasn't been so much. (laughs) We've been waiting for GTA on the Quest 2, like forever now. I'm not sure if it ever comes out, probably for the Quest 3. I haven't heard anything (laughs) from that. That is what we've been waiting for. Not happening.
0: GTA. We're talking about GTA.
1: GTA, yeah. San Andreas, you know, it was supposed to come on. (laughs) Not six studio totally San Andreas, <laughs> right? It was supposed to come out for the quest. And I know people oh, so. who are really excited about it, but yeah, we have never heard about it again. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Anyways, oh, I'll
0: be so sad if it gets cancelled. Don't even say that. I don't
1: think it's gonna get Brand canceled. VR, no. <laughs> no. No, no, no. I, I don't think it's I gonna get canceled. I refuse to live
0: in a world where it gets cancelled.
1: <laughs> no, it won't get cancelled. But I really need to see more of it. I really don't want to be at a or like a watch, an Oculus Connects 11th October, where the next hot content is the next Beat Saber DLC. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so sad, right? So we need we need something more and I'm I'm looking forward to Bone Lab. And yeah, Bone Lab is going to put lots of excitement back to VR. And that is great. Yes. All right, how about we now go to the next huge topic? And it is it is a huge topic that might actually change the whole industry. And that is. Well, let me. Wait. Oh. That is too loud. That is too loud. That is the Pico. Here it is. Can you still hear me? Can you still talk now? Yeah, oh, yeah. We're, we're oh, gone now. Okay. Perfect, oh, yes. Good. Yep we are looking at the Pico 4, the next headset from Pico and well we have just seen the announcement and it has been a really really exciting announcement for the next standalone headset and this headset does have exciting specs it has high resolution displays two of them so it has real IPD adjustment it has actually motorized IPD adjustment it's supposed to have a bigger FOV bigger then the Quest, it, the, the resolution of these displays is 2160 by 2160. They have their own um, yeah, Pico world, their own metaverse, something like Horizon that's supposed to be coming up next year. It is <laughs> a super small form factor. Look at this, right? Super small form factor. It has pancake lenses and most importantly, it has an unbelievably amazing price of 379 pounds in the UK and 429 euros here in Europe, making it cheaper than the Quest 2 that it will compete here against in Europe. Unfortunately, though, we do not have a North America launch, which really it made me so sad to hear that, yeah, our friend in the US, like you guys, you will not be able to check it out, which is like really, really sad. And we will talk about this part later as a second topic. But let's first talk about that announcement. Let's first talk about the hardware and let's first talk about your thoughts about it. Will this be a game changer for our industry? And I'm asking um, Bradley first.
2: Mm-hmm i uh, I think it will do great in Europe honestly I think it's gonna do very very well I was talking to people who have been asking me for months uh should I buy a headset should I wait for a headset and then when Pico 4 came out all of a sudden my inbox got flooded again with uh you know what my thoughts on it and whether they should get it and I think uh, I think for the price the device seems to be very good uh, especially if you're in like places where you can't buy the Quest 2 like Germany for example um i i yes. they're they're coming out strong i really think they're right. coming out really strong even though they i i'm a little i'm a little, a little a little turned off by like what the the software is going with like they're they're ripping off like Horizon Worlds which i don't know why you would want to rip that off of all things but like <laughs> the hardware itself um they they worked really hard to get it down to that price and everything and i think it's Pretty amazing that they got to that. Um, I don't think it's a competitor to Quest Pro though, but we can talk about that later. I, I think it's going to be fine. Um, it's unfortunate it's not launching in North America, but I know they're growing the teams there really fast here in North America, mm-hmm. the Pico team. Mm-hmm. So eventually they will, I think, uh, as long as the you know we'll we'll see how the politics go with that. But I, I they they're they're
1: it's it's on the roadmap, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what are your thoughts, Tatiana? Do you believe the Pico Four can make a big impression, and do you think it could change the industry where right now Meta is dominating?
0: I think it's already made a big impression. Like all I could hear is Pico, Pico, Pico. Everybody just couldn't stop talking about it on Twitter. <laughs> especially those who managed to try it on, and they had to keep their mouths shut after they tried it, putting all their content after after the announcement. So. Everybody just went, whoa, OK, everyone is so excited about it. Yeah. And uh, they were not paid to say those things. <laughs> they are truly excited. Um, speaking of like changing the industry while Meta is dominating. Well, Meta is dominating in certain areas. So I think it was a very strategic move for them to release in the locations where they did release 13 European kind of 13. Yeah. And a few countries in Asia and like later, you know, Singapore. So the countries where meta is either not dominant or it's just not sold there or it's banned there. Um, um, I mean, it's I think it's a very smart move to start there and dominate there um, mm-hmm. before actually taking steps and trying to take on a big player like Quest too. So before and when they are ready to actually enter the American in North American market, they probably would have expanded their content library because they would have oh, yeah, all the right. money ca- pouring in from the users who are who don't really have much of a different choice. Maybe they can't buy buy matter, which is not not doing as well there as in North America. So they are building that base, uh, both like with uh, their supporters, their users, and their um, um, just financial situation, I guess. Um, to expand and to be a formidable opponent to Quest 2. They know what they're doing. I just, I wish yeah, that I wasn't so on the, on the yeah. losing side. <laughs> I <laughs> wish I wasn't on the side that doesn't get Pico.
1: Yeah, um, but normally you're on the winning side to be in the States. Normally you get all the stuff first, right? Wow. Normally. So. Mm-hmm.
0: At know. least once oh, here about, in Europe,
1: we got something nice.
0: Ah, okay. 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 The only real thing that you guys didn't get was this horizon world. And, uh, yeah, I, mean, I still don't have that big, it. But isn't that like... big of a loss, yeah, really? it's not, it's not. Yeah, really. I'm not crying
1: about not having horizon, <laughs> honestly speaking. <so laughs> that makes, but that, that could be another sense.
0: reason. Yeah, but it could be another reason why they're doing their own alternative world, because there's just nothing there. There's an empty spot waiting to be filled and they're right there filling it. You know, maybe they just thought, why not? We'll see how it works. If not, we're going to scrap it, but we'll give it a try. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I could I would tell you more if I actually went to Gamescom and, and yeah. had a hands on, but just based on what everyone's saying, um, similarly to like PlayStation Viewer 2, I haven't seen any dramatic negative feedback yet. But then again, we don't have enough information about yeah. even like the enterprise model.
2: Right. Uh, right.
0: Bradley said that it's not a competitor for Quest Pro. Well, maybe the Enterprise model will be with their eye tracking and face tracking.
1: Could be, could be. Yeah, right now it does seem they are really um, pitting it against the Quest 2, right? Price wise and everything and uh, also for the games that you can play. Everything is very similar. So Mm. since you had not been there, let me talk a bit about my hands-on at Gamescom with Please. the device. So my thoughts, I do have a video, probably you've watched it already. It's a very nice video. <laughs> so, but anyways... <laughs> you think? <laughs> I'm <I> sure. <laughs> should, yeah, I think, of course. So, yeah, let me talk a bit about it. I didn't have so much time with it. I had a 30-minute slot and I picked it up. And the first thing that I, th- that I saw is like, what? The lenses are huge like humongous it it really shocked me honestly speaking and i first thought mm-hmm. like hey probably it is because the device is so much smaller and the iBox box probably is smaller but no actually the iBox box is kind of similar like um in size wise as compared to the pico neo 3 link or the, or the quest 4 p- perhaps so mm-hmm. actually this whole this whole part here this whole face um face mask thing you could detach it and it's like magnetically connected to the body and then what you have left the actual device is like super slim like so su- very comparable to what we see with the Quest Pro so all this all this face mask here is is the 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 bulky part which actually you can put away so no it is not some optical illusion that the lenses are so huge. They are big. They are truly big. So that was the first thing that I saw, which was kind of amazing. And and they are pancake lenses, so you don't have um, God rays at all. So which is nice. And you do have a huge sweet spot and a very nice edge-to-edge clarity. So I just put it. I just put it on my on my face, and there was nothing like oh I have to look for the sweet spot or so. I was in the sweet spot. And it was nice. And then I saw, yeah, that's really cool. That was really cool. And then, yeah, next thing I saw was that color pass-through and (laughs) wow, that was like really good. Like my first reaction was like, oh, oh no, it looks just as good as the Vario XR3 color pass-through. That was my very first reaction. Then mm-hmm. after a moment, I saw like, okay, but there's no real 3D effect, right? Because only one camera. It has only like one RGB camera. Yeah, in the middle, right? So, so yeah, that was much better in the Vario XR3, which cost like thousands of euros, <laughs> right? Because mm-hmm. it, it has two cameras. But in terms of the resolution in, in terms of the colors, yes, that was just as good. It was so cool to have this kind of color pass-through after having looked at the black and white color pass-through from the Quest for two years now. So that was just like, wow, so cool, but, so but nice. You
0: could still see a little bit of the, the wavy thing that you get to see in Quest as well, right? Like um, it, you can still see a little... What do
1: you mean? What do you mean? Like, like the distortion distortions, yeah. yeah. Um, actually, it was just like looking at a nice monitor. It was not so distorted, but you did not have so much three D in my opinion. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's not perfect color pass through. I do believe we're going to get that perfect color pass through from the Qu- Quest Pro. I'm pretty sure that's going to be amazing. It's going to be better in that terms, but but still, it is a really really amazing color pass through, and I really I did enjoy this a lot. Yeah, in terms of um, in terms of the. Um, um the comfort it was truly it was truly truly good so it is light it is very balanced and yeah it, it feels better than the quest 2 for sure it feels better than the Pico Neo 3 link for sure and it's not an issue so now in the comment sections i see a lot of like oh no it sucks you cannot change the head strap but mm-hmm. honestly speaking i need to tell you guys you do not need to change the head strap. But that's the
0: Halo, Halo type, uh, Bobo VR fans yeah, speaking
1: here. Yeah, right. I'm also a Bobo VR fan. I have the Bobo VR M2 Plus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's great, you know, with being able to exchange the batteries. And yes, that, this part is great. Literally, I, literally. I, I have exactly this, exactly. I have exactly mm-hmm. this thing. But here you do not need to exchange the strap. The thing is so comfortable it is truly amazing and uh, yeah here you can see the color pass through in the background so actually here on this on this monitor you see what i saw and it was it was truly it was really good it was absolutely great to have this color pass through yeah and yeah you want to ask something or
0: oh oh, no no no. i mean sorry i was just cleaning my throat but i'm i'm super excited about the colorful pass through because when i had this quiet time I was trying this experimental VR apps from, you know, off of App Lab and SideQuest. Uh, maybe you've seen that was like playing the piano, the piano app. Oh, yeah. With the little mm-hmm. like uh, drops, like dropping on top of my reality and playing it. And I kept thinking, man, this is great, but just not 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 great enough. And not because of the <laughs> software, because of the hardware. So I was really looking forward to Quest Pro. And then Pico came up with this. I'm like, yay, we're going to have so many more of these amazing experimental um, experiences that we'll we'll get to like mixed realities and so much freedom for developers and
1: actually yes they will give that pass-through picture to the developers so they can use it for (laughs) for their for their apps which is a cool thing yeah and then um i was first disappointed about not seeing any kind of ipd adjustment (laughs) it's like hey what's going on here right there's no ipd adjustment i thought to myself and i thought like oh what a fail but then they told me okay go to the settings and set up the, the software ipd and then <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah. motorized ipd yes and i was really yeah excited about it because i had not seen something like this in such a cheap headset And I I thought like, wow, okay, that is really cool that you put it there. And yeah, the pro version will have auto IPD adjustment, of course, because it has eye tracking. But for this, you go to the settings menu and yeah, you set up your IPD in that settings menu and then it will just go there. Cool. What are your thoughts about that? I have a lot of thoughts. I wanna yeah, okay, talk tell about. tell tell us, tell us about people your shadow Let's go, let's
2: go through all the specs and talk about why this headset's pretty good uh, for the Ooh. cost. Let's start yeah. with displays. You're so right. um I see people in chat talking about oh, it's running the same XR2, they're bumping up the the resolution, it's not even gonna matter or whatever, um, because of the processing power. But there's a few things I wanna mention. Uh first of all. A lot of headsets that have been using Fresnel have been using very large diagonal displays with their lenses because you need that with the Fresnel. With Pancake, the displays can be smaller and when they note, when they note that 1200 PPI, that means the actual pixels per inch are going to be, there's, there's going to be more, there's going to be less screen door effect um, depending on the pixel fill rate, but for LCD that's not a problem. So even if you cannot run at the higher resolution, because the pixel fill rate will, or the the, the pixels per inch are probably gonna be better, it's gonna be noticeable in terms of that value, um, even if it cannot run at the full resolution. Next thing, color pass-through. So it's really funny. We're kind of going uh, forward and also going back, back a little bit. So the pass-through, the way the pass-through works for Pico 4 is very similar to this headset uh, well, this is not the full headset, but this is the HTC Vive. You might remember it had a color yeah. uh, camera on the front. No one ever used it because it, it just, you know, it was, it was garbage megapixels. But it seems like Pico 4 is using the same exact thing. The Quest Pro is doing something completely different with their pass-through. They have one RGB color camera, but what they're doing with two large... Um, well, I, I say they're pretty OK resolution. Uh, they have two cameras pointing at your environment with a depth projector and uh, they are giving you that stereoscopic view. And they're right. also overlaying the color on top of those two views to give you a full stereo experience while also being able to get some depth data from that depth projector.
1: I love that, so these like, past- like image processing yeah. at its best. Right. Wow. They know their stuff. I love it. Yeah. Yes.
2: Okay. It's gonna be the only thing that will be weird with Quest Pro is because they're overlaying color, you might see some weird coloration on the edges. But mm-hmm. I think when people compare uh, the the pass through on Pico Four, they're gonna be reminded of the, the vibe more than the actual uh, so, something like the, the mixed reality is gonna be a lot more um, notable for that, and you'll be able to like do stuff. Uh, there was one more thing you guys talked about. What was what was after the pass through? Um, IPD adjustment. The, oh, ob- yeah. the motorized, motorized IPD, IPD, adjustment IPD adjustment, or you know what? I'm done. I conclude. That's all I wanted to say. We're <laughs> <Yeah>. good.
1: <laughs> cool feature. Whatever. Sure. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Really, really good features and uh, nice high resolution displays. And uh, yeah, for the controllers, also, uh, I like, I like, I like the controllers. So they look much better than the controllers of the Pico Neo Three Link. The, the, the I didn't really enjoy the build quality and the material it felt a bit cheap for the pico neo 3 link it was still okay um like using it the tracking was just fine just like quest 2 but now the controllers here yeah they are they look much better they look really nice uh, just the same quality as the quest 2 controllers and they have the the ring position is totally different now like now you would put your hands into this ring and what it helps you to do is like when the controllers are very close to each other, they will not bump into each other, those rings. Like for for, for when you like, uh, I don't know, like the bow and arrow things, or if you mm-hmm. want to reload your, your gun or whatever, you will not touch, these rings will not touch each other. So I think that, this is well done.
0: That's interesting. Yeah. I guess it would also depend on the type of game you're playing. The occlusion might still occur if you're playing like I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't course. know <laughs> if you need to like move your hands, but it does seem like that ring is pretty far away from your hand. So, yeah, I guess you don't li- really get to play with this position. But I don't know what kind of uh, games you got to try. But um,
1: I played Ragnarok to to try the tracking and I played. Mm. Um, but I forgot the name. You
0: haven't tried anything with like where you had to shoot like a, a uh, gun like that.
1: No, no, I didn't have mm. to do that. Um, Yeah, but I I still tried it out like Occlusion, right? I I still tried and yeah, no problem at all. It just felt just as good as Quest 2. But already with the Pico 3, they had already solved that issue. So Mm. inside-out tracking is not a problem anymore. It's truly solved now and even HTC solved it with with the Focus 3. So yeah, this thing is solved and I, I did enjoy these controllers. Yep, so Um, overall I really did have a great experience with the headset. It was too short, of course, and uh, I could tell that everything looked great. Um, I didn't really see uh, much more FOV, but that's also because of the games. They were very dark. I need to play more. Other people who played other games, they say they did see more FOV and that pancake lenses gave them a clearer view of the peripheral areas which simply made them feel like they have more fov so we do have to yeah have more time with the device to to truly find out um, how much fov do we get but overall in my opinion this is a very solid upgrade to the quest 2 in terms of hardware in terms of the um, comfort in terms of the panels in terms of, yeah, a lot of things. So, this it simply feels like next gen hardware, also with this color pass through for a price that is cheaper than the Quest 2. So, yes, Pico has dropped the mic, at least in the areas where they're going to sell it. And I can tell you here in Germany, it is going to destroy Meta because they're not here. Right. <laughs> First of all, this yeah. we, we can obviously buy it because Europe is like one market. So I just buy it from Amazon France, but not everyone wants to go to this French speaking website. Right. So it is still a hurdle to get the Quest 2 in Germany, for example. And they are going to sell it on Amazon Germany and in our retail stores. Right. Like we also have our German Target and so on. So the hurdle to just get it for a cheap price is non-existent. So this Germany is going to become Pico country, I can tell you. And the thing is, we don't hear from Meta here. So now they don't have any more the forced Facebook login, which I think is amazing. I'm really happy about about it, that they watched enough MRTV to come to the conclusion we should drop this, but um, no signs of them coming back to the German market. So I'm, I'm pretty sure Germany is going to be yeah dominated by pickle because they're throwing everything at this right now yeah so very very interesting times it was there such is a losing
0: oh go ahead you go ahead
1: no no uh, <laughs> no, no, no you go you go man. um yeah yeah so i, I do want to say just because
2: people are bringing up a chat uh, there there is definitely a lot of things I'll differentiate quest pro from this product even though yes. on paper of all the leaks and everything there's there, they, they seem very similar on paper but I think the experience is still going to be very different, even when you compare the, the pro version of the Pico 4. Like they're doing things pretty different. Um, one thing I heard a lot of people mention, and this is this is not this is not discouraging people from buying a Pico 4. I still think it's going to be a great product for the price hardware-wise. But um, pancake lenses have issues with optical efficiency. And I've heard a lot of people say that, yeah, it's it's the LCD is a little more dim than -hmm. what people might be used to. If they've used a quest two, it's not terrible, but that is something, um, that quest pro won't have an, an issue with, for example, because, uh, their backlight, they're going to be using like a mini led backlight, which you can push those backlights to be much brighter to make up for the optical, uh, inefficiency that pancake usually adds is adds. Um, and one more thing was, uh, Bradley is biased oh yeah totally Uh, (laughs) um and another thing oh frick oh no I forgot ah never mind I'm done
0: well I have a question for Bradley then maybe I don't know if that's it because I I mentioned a little bit um that I've heard there's not eye tracking in the basic model but there is an enterprise. Maybe that's something you want to talk about.
2: That's what I want. Thank you so much. Yeah. Another big difference <laughs> is uh, between these, uh, the Quest Pro and the Pico 4 Pro. Is they're only using one camera for face tracking, whereas the Quest Pro is going to be using three just for face tracking. So, and uh, and 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 that's actually a lot of camera bandwidth that Meta had to think about to figure out how to uh pass through all that camera to the xr2 chip and they have like a special um they have basically a special chip that handles all that and like combines it to one so there there's a lot of more cost being put into the different features even though they sound the same they're probably going to have like for example the passers are only going to be a lot more notable on quest pro than pico 4 and same with the the uh the face and eye tracking is probably going to be way more way more expressions uh than the Pico Four Pro, which again, I I still think if you're in not in the ex- extreme market, you shouldn't even be thinking about Quest Pro to begin with. But uh, yeah, different 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 di- different stuff going on technology wise.
1: Right, right, yeah. So um, Quest Two against um, Pico Four in lots of markets, like 13 countries or so here in Europe, um, and for the for that for that fight, uh, Quest Two versus Pico 4, for people who are not yet into VR, where this is going to be the first headset, I do believe they're going to go for the Pico, for the Pico 4, simply because the device is so much more sexy than the Quest 2. I do like the Quest 2, right? But really, it it is like a two-year-old headset compared to a brand new headset with all the shiny stuff and with These lenses, (laughs) yeah. let me show that to you again. So I do believe for for first timers, this is going to be a good choice. Also because the the store actually is not so bad, it's pretty good. Like most of the games are there, there's new games like nearly every day now. And for developers, it is a no brainer to bring their Quest 2 games to the pickle store. It is not so complicated. It is basically the same um, platform. Right? They, they don't have to make so many changes for their games and they can get to the European market on top of what they sell on Quest already. But more importantly, they can sell to the Chinese market, which they cannot with the Quest 2. So it is a total no-brainer for developers. Do you want money? Yes or no? Choose! So, are you kidding me? Of course. So it's going to have the same games like Quest 2. The only difference, of course, are going to be the exclusives. No Beat Saber, for example, or no of the other. Um, yeah, games that are exclusive to Quest 2, mm-hmm. like GDA, which is coming soon. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so basically, yeah, it's it's OK to to get into Pico because you do get all the major games anyways, right? And you do get this next-generation VR headset with that huge lenses. Let me show them again to you. <laughs> <I'd
0: like> to. <laughs> and it's so interesting that they're including these official, there many of the successful official titles, but they're also including some titles that are App Lab, and they will be on the main store with yeah. Pico. So they are kind of uh, building those relationships with the devs that are struggling to get on the official store, but their games are really good. Um, and yeah, uh, um, just Quest 2 has really dropped a ball with that price increase, man. Like, <sighs> it was such a gift for Pico 4. Like, we can't believe they just did that. They just handed us this awesome marketing tool that dropped our, our prices lower than Quest, which makes it like a no brainer to get us to get it now. So,
1: exactly. So, oh. yeah, it's they are under lots of pressure. Uh, meta. I truly believe. It's not like, uh, like before where they just dominated everything, they just did whatever they wanted to because they could, and now it's biting them into the Rs. And now another company is, is playing them at their own game with selling this super subsidized hardware, which is sexy, which is beautiful, has lots of games and yeah, is basically yeah, giving them a run for their money. And that is, well, pretty exciting since anyways, now they cannot just do anything. Probably this is even going to decrease the price of the Quest Pro because now they see, hey, this device is great and it just costs 429 We cannot price this at $1,500 our Quest Pro. Who knows? I don't know. Right. But I I just believe there has been there must have been some board meetings over at Facebook, over at Meta talking about these kind of things. And that is just truly good for this industry. That is truly good for VR to have something like this. But still, let's talk about why is this not coming to North America? I was truly sad about this. I'm, I'm truly sad. Like I feel for you guys. <laughs> so, what are your thoughts about why is this not coming to um, the U.S.? Tatiana, you have already mentioned your thoughts yes, right you about jumped it. Jumped ahead a little bit exactly. just because
0: I feel strongly about it. Like I feel like I understand, but I'm not happy about it.
1: Okay. That's all I'm gonna say. Got it. So you think they first. Yeah, they want to uh, even get more momentum in the other countries where Quest is not so dominating, probably. And yeah. then with full power, they will come to the States um, then yeah. later. That's your yeah. That's I, your I know
0: they completely, like I, I know that they have it in immediate, not immediate plans, but they have it in plans to conquer the US. Um, and the fact that they are not in a rush to do it now and they're kind of being quiet about it just means that they're, focusing on this these other locations for for a good reason, I guess. I mean, you can't you can't just go on against Quest without that sort of preparation. I think they're being smart about it. I only I wish that they would at least kind of, you know, have this offering for content creators to to add to you know the reviewer base i don't have to promote it to north america i can i can talk about it to the world i don't know why i can not get it uh it would be great if i could but i i'll just have to i, wait, can, I, I
1: think guess. i can hook you up
0: <laughs> <laughs> i might need to travel to get it <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Let's see. but that's essentially that's, yeah that's essentially what okay. i think about it
1: Bradley, what are your thoughts? Why Pico is not like targeting the US or the North American market right now? Um
2: yeah, I, I think I think uh I think North America is actually one of the hardest markets to always jump into with the device, mass market device. Um they've been hiring a ton of people though in North America. So I, again I agree with Tetiana that it's a matter of when, not if. Um I, I, I don't I don't really. I'm not really believing that um, people are are curious if it's not here because of the politic reason. But and, and that might be true because I know, I know I know Zuckerberg has lobbied against TikTok being here, for example, um, and that that is a, a whole process in itself. But uh, I, I do think they are working to that goal. Um, I don't think that they're just they're worried they're going to get banned because if that's true then why is tiktok still allowed in usa why are they hiring so many people pico people in usa it's just yeah it's just uh there's also a ramp up in terms of production as well that needs to happen with this device they they are selling in a lot of countries day one which is impressive but there's still there's still a process of ramping up uh the supply chain to make sure it can support the u.s market which is just as big as the EU market, for example.
1: All right. So you also think they will come to the US? Yeah, I think they will eventually. Yeah. Okay. yeah, cool. Yeah, let me tell you about my thoughts about it. (laughs) So so I truly believe it is because the US market is too risky right now for a Chinese hardware company. And let me tell you why I think so. So as you know, the the last U.S. government they kind of banned some Chinese companies from competing in the U.S. So it's called the entity list. So um, Trump has put some Chinese hardware companies on that list that he believed are um, dangerous to to the U.S. And one of these companies is Huawei. You know the 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 company that manufactures um, phones and that truly is very closely connected to the Chinese um, Communist Party. And I truly don't want to get into politics here. Not at all, (laughs) but this is just a fact, right? So he put them onto that list and some other companies too. And these companies are basically banned. They cannot, they are not allowed or uh, American companies are not allowed to do business with these companies. So that's why Huawei is not allowed to work together with Google to put the Google Play Store onto this headset, onto this headset, right? Onto their phones, which basically destroys their business. It is tough. They the company nearly went down and they're still having a hard time to sell phones. They still sell phones here in, in Europe, but nobody wants them because you cannot play your apps, right? So it is huge. It is like a huge thing for for example, Huawei that they were banned, obviously. Even though it was just America, but it, it made a difference for from them for them worldwide. Then ByteDance, the company that owns TikTok and then owns Pico, was also a target from the last government. And they and also Trump, he signed an executive order to ban TikTok. And they were not banned because well TikTok agreed to um, have their service now in the US completely. And then the current government, they got rid of this executive order, right? But it was, it was very close to getting banned. So in my opinion, ByteDance is still very much spooked by this because the U.S. market being banned and put being put onto this entity list, the list of companies that are deemed dangerous to the U.S., that is super dangerous because they cannot do any business anymore with Google and the Pico 4 is based on on Android, right? They cannot make any more business with they could not make any more business with Qualcomm, which is the owner of the XR2. And basically they going into XR would be destroyed. So it is a super big risk for a Chinese company to go into the U.S. American market. So even though now there's another government in the U.S., still this entity list is still now uh, still working. Huawei is still being on that list and they still cannot make business with Google and with Qualcomm, right? And being nearly banned from the U.S. market, TikTok, right? So I'm quite sure they are being they're being they're spooked right now and they s- simply cannot take the risk to aggressively take the US market or try to take the US market since companies like um like meta are like uh, like so powerful and they also have their connections with the government obviously right so I, I i totally can understand it with this background i totally can understand it that they're not going to the US market first but first trying the the EU asia and then, probably, once their business is like super stable, just then go to the u s. Does it make sense? That's
0: That's an interesting take. I mean, it definitely complements the that argument about building the market because, like Bradley said, they are hiring people for the North American market. So yeah. it's not like they are just staying away from it as far as possible and isolating themselves from the trouble. They are making steps towards you know making it happen in the future. Um, But that's that's definitely an interesting perspective to add to that as an additional reason why they held off and focusing on more safe regions for them.
1: Yeah, right. And then uh, think about it like like uh, the US has banned Huawei right for for being afraid of being spied on. But this device has five cameras. (laughs) It is connected (laughs) to the interwebs. You know, so true, yeah, true. probably they might end on that list. So, so who can, knows? Can yeah. I add a like weird take? Um, Please, I'm not a political person at
2: all. But um, I, 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 so we're about to have an election cycle for the the midterms or whatever during in the right. US, um, and you'll notice that. People, politicians become even more anti China or at least loud being louder about being anti China when it's closer to the election cycle. Makes sense. Because (laughs) you'll notice like both sides hate China. They always say that, like like the Republicans and Democrats. But during the election time, they'll be like, I hate China. But the other person will be like China. I hate China more than you hate China. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So if they release a a, a China competitor to Meta, who is a company who lobbies against bite dance during an election cycle, it probably wouldn't they're, they're, it would probably become an actual uh, debate topic. I'm not even kidding.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So
2: they're probably going to wait for this election cycle to end before they start doing it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I also I, I truly think so. And then they being so aggressive and like undercutting Meta, right? The, the American company. Yeah, I truly believe they might end up on this entity list, on that uh, Trump's entity list. So yeah, I, I I really understand Pico not going to the to the US now even though it is sad, but the risk will be too high. Not being able to use XR2 worldwide, they are gone. So no, that risk is too high. I understand them. It's sad, but yeah, that's how it is right now. Mm. Yes. <laughs> so there was that topic. <laughs> it yeah. will still
0: work in the US, right? If I bring it here.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think so. It should I work. I hope so. Yeah, it should. I'm very I believe,
0: tempted. I'm tempted.
1: I, I believe it should work. It should work there. Yeah. So it, it, it's sad, of course, to, to find out about these kind of things. But well, uh, Meta is also not in China, right? So, yep, that's how it is like. Wow, Europe is amazing. We got everything. <laughs> it's, it's good. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. In, so
0: in the middle, in the middle of all the conferences, too.
1: Oh, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Like. Yep. So that is of 4. That was a very exciting topic. And yeah, we will hear lots of exciting news from them. Obviously, I will cover it. But of course, I will cover Quest Pro 2. And now that is our last topic for today. Quest Pro. So it is going to be unveiled at Connect on 11th of October. I'm very much looking forward to it because I truly believe that this is probably the device that we are, that that VR enthusiasts are waiting for. So uh, I totally forgot to talk about it. Like, okay, Pico 4 does not have display port. Right, so it is not really meant for us VR enthusiasts that want to enjoy like the highest resolutions that are sent to it by the newest 4090, right? So it's not for that. The Pico 4 is truly for these first-time VR people who simply want to have a VR headset and they don't have a gaming PC, right? I totally forget to talk about it. And there's been lots of like uproar from people who were like, why does this not have a Display Port?" And I do understand them since I'm also like a VR enthusiast, right? But for the Quest Pro, I truly believe that this could be the VR headset. That us VR enthusiasts want because it ha- will it will have those um, controllers which have force feedback according to Bradley's leaks, <laughs> and it will have the perfect um, 3D color pass through, and you will even be able to do the those cool, um, yeah, um, A- AR mixed re- reality things. So I'm excited mm-hmm. about the device, but I don't know yet are they going to market this to players, to gamers like the VR enthusiasts, the prosumers, because it's the Quest Pro, it's still a Quest, right? Which would make it feel like it is still for us gamers. Or is it really this high priced device that they are selling to um, to businesses to do the mixed re- reality stuff and the occasional prosumer who doesn't care about the high price so tatiana what are your thoughts about that
0: i'm afraid to know the answer to this question (laughs) oh no (laughs) because i want to to have to see this improved quality for gamers but just based on the fact how hard they were pushing the mixed reality experiences in there and not so much you know the games that would come with it makes me think that um, they're still very much invested in uh, pushing Quest 2 as their major gaming console, even though it's not going to have all those nice things like color pass-through and eye tracking. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I I, don't know the facts. I don't actually know anything. They keep us in the dark, and they probably will until the last moment. Uh, and even then, I wouldn't be able to tell you anything. Um, <laughs> but, but it does look like um, they're pushing this... AR and mixed reality experiences for productivity and um, um, what is this, this enterprise kind of focus. And I just haven't seen yet much of evidence to show that they're going to be using it to push for, for gaming industry. I, I, I hope that. I doing that because he agrees with me, or because he knows something that I don't. No, I'm was agreeing the with Was that with me? Oh, okay, good, good. Because because I was looking at you, I'm like, you know. Sorry, all sorry no, I, 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 yeah, yeah, no. yeah, sorry. Yeah, so it's a little disappointing to me, but I still remember that Connect event where Zuckerberg said that it's not meant to substitute Quest; it's meant to complement it, and that pretty much said everything. I I still believe in that. It's going to be a headset. It's going to fill the gaps. And the functionality that Quest currently has, the biggest one being, you know, the pass through eye tracking, face tracking, all of that. But the fact that they did this ridiculous price increase shows how much faith they have and how many plans they have for Quest 2 still um, to kind of boldly just show, oh, we decide that it's worth so much more now than it did two years ago. Um, I'm still excited to see it. I'm, I still know, that I, I'm, I still think that the gaming experience will be improved with Quest Pro. I just mm-hmm. think that for gamers, it might not be, for hardcore gamers, it might not be the ideal headset um, if, they're, if gaming is all they're looking for.
1: Okay, got it. Oh, that would be so sad. <laughs> no, I'm kind of like, um, yeah, I'm disappointed if it if it's not the next thing in wireless gaming for the Quest um, ecosystem. Anyways, Bradley, what are your thoughts? You have seen you have leaked the good stuff (laughs) that we live by every day, (laughs) waiting for the Quest Pro reveal. What are your thoughts? Is this some kind of um, just the prosumer device, which is still somehow addressing gamers needs? Or is it truly only that enterprise headset, which is expensive for gamers, but not expensive for enterprises?
2: It's an expensive prosumer device is, I think, how they're going to put it. Uh, Expensive prosumer device that both professionals and people who want to maybe replace their laptop work from home are going to want is, I think, how they're going to position this device. Okay. Um, I think, uh, you know, There's this thing called the the, the trial of disillusionment, which is basically this chart that they'd say every medium goes through where there's a big hype cycle. And then it kind of drops down below and then it'll start ramping back up and then even off into something useful for everyone to use. Um, I see this big push into this productivity stuff, not only from meta, but from a lot of companies who believe that they can eventually, <laughs> eventually, the keyword, uh, replace the laptop to do a multitude of different things. Um, and I think this is their first step into that meta. And I think it's going to, I think it's gonna be interesting. Uh, I think it's gonna confuse the heck out of people who've been watching VR for in, maybe six years.
1: I think not um, confuse. I think disappoint, truly like super yeah. disappointed. If it's really like this, if they're really like pitching it more for that enterprise stuff and yeah, but it costs $1,200. Mm, yeah. I believe they're and, going to be disappointed.
2: We. Yeah. And, and, you know, people are, so, so I was talking to the supply chain, uh, the same people who have leaked many great things to me, like Pico4 and stuff. And, uh, the bill of materials for the entire kit is almost $800, uh, which we compared to the Pico Four, that's around $260 to for the full kit. So it is an expensive to build device. Like they're not, but they also want to take profits. They want to start making profits. And I think, as you said uh, before the stream, you, you think the price, if if, if they do actually sell it at $1,500, Um, that might set the stage for future generations, which might be even more impressive as the supply chain starts getting way more um, customized for this market, as as Apple drops in. But yeah, I I really don't think they're going to talk about games at all with this device at all. I think if they talk about games that connect, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. I I think if they talk about games that connect, they're going to bring out the Quest 2 marketing strategy all over again. They're going to talk about the Quest 2 games coming for quest 2 they're not going to say games coming for quest pro at all
1: that is going to be super disappointing because now with having seen that that pico 4 the quest 2 starts to look so old (laughs) honestly speaking it's still it's still great and i still enjoy it but it's just like okay that's not what you're competing with right now you're competing with the pico 4 at least in europe right so yeah and even though in the u.s you don't have it you still know (laughs) It's out yeah. there, so yeah, but, yeah th- that would be sad. So, but,
0: but you still believe that the Quest Library will work on this Quest Pro? Like, it's not they're not they're not taking away from it by by right. announcing new games. So, I, I don't know. I don't think they will be saying the games for Quest Two. They're just going to be saying for maybe Quest Ecosystem something Quest. like that. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah. that makes sense. So, do you believe that one thousand five hundred dollar price point? that you thought like a couple of weeks ago is still valid?
2: So just to give you, so when I wrote that price tag on my blog in July, that was uh, not me speculating. That was someone who leaked me all those cat images, said that that was what Meta was planning internally to launch as the price. Okay. So I'm going to believe them. Um, They haven't updated me since then, but they could change, but that that
1: specific source i'm gonna believe that
2: that's the price they're targeting you
1: know so wow mm. that, that would be truly a disappointment I, I know like uh, for the vr enthusiasts on the mrtv discord servers <laughs> german and english yeah we still hope we have the hope right now that because of the pico announcement they will price the, the device close to that um, bill of material price so we're hoping like 899 dollars and we would all buy it because we want to have that that new controllers, right? We want to have real IPD adjustment and stuff and the nice lenses. And we want to probably stay in the Quest ecosystem because we bought all our games there. And we want to see them in that glory <laughs> of the new lenses and stuff. But for 1500, I believe, no, they're not going but to go for it.
0: But hold on, but we don't know the price for Pico for enterprise model yet. I don't believe they announced yeah, it yet.
1: But the enterprise model, we don't care about it because it's not meant for gamers. The enterprise model for the Pico is really only for enterprise. And that is why I believe we saw it at the FCC filing, because they still want to sell it, sell this to enterprises in the US. Right. So I, I truly believe that this is some something different. Yep. Hmm. So Ah, yeah, $1,500 would be too expensive for for I, us I, for us.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I, I do think Um, I, I think, again, I really think and, and we have Pico Four now, the, the Quest 2 has really changed our perceptions on pricing, especially for meta hardware, they kind of, they kind of did this to themselves a little bit. um, Because when especially with the Quest name, they seem to be naming it Quest Pro. So again, you, you, you think of that cheap product line and everything. But I, I think we should think about what other headsets cost um and like the feature sets for them. Like uh what what what's maybe the closest? The Pimax Crystal, um, the specs right. that they're gonna have in that, um, still haven't shown it off really much either. But like you know, I, I do I do think it's it's expensive compared to Quest two, but I think for where where they're targeting, I think it's you know we're just not used to Meta sub- not subsidizing stuff is, I think, Right, it comes down to. Right. So, so. so
1: that's why I believe because we are all used to these amazing prices from Meta, now they having to price something like a real pricing where they even want to make profit, it is going to bite them a bit into the ass. <laughs> Honestly speaking, I do believe there's going to be quite some pushback, quite some unhappy, yeah, uh, comments in the the industry uh, or from from us, from us enthusiasts and yeah, it's not going to be too great. I believe they are looking at the big picture, right? They do want to get to that next platform of computing. It's not about gaming. It's about replacing our phones. It's about replacing our laptops. It is what Google wants to go for, what all the companies want to go for, Apple, right? All of them. And in, in that kind of context, $1,500 is going to be pretty cheap, especially when we find out about the price of the Apple headset. Probably it's gonna be 2,400 or what,
2: yeah.
1: right? So, yeah. so, and, and that is actually what I believe the pre, the Quest Pro competes with, with the Apple headset. And for that $1,500 is going to be cheap. So I do believe that they're going to break with us gamers quite a lot here with this device and this breakup will hurt. But for them, on the long run, it will make sense.
2: The one final thing you said it perfectly, uh, I totally agree. Um, but <laughs> the one thing I want to add was there was a leaked memo uh, that Zuckerberg was doing a Q&A with people within Meta. And he uh, someone asked him from like, how are we going to compete with Apple's device, basically? Um, and Zuckerberg said that, yes, the Apple headset is going to have more features than Quest Pro, but they're going to undercut the Apple headset with price alone. And we're talking about a $1,500 headset. So that should tell you, like, <laughs> yeah. that thing's going to be expensive. he's that talking about this is going to undercut price wise with whatever Apple's doing. So exactly.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Wow. wow, I speculated Apple at like two thousand plus, but <laughs> that sounds like it could be more than that.
1: Could be, and people would still buy it, right? They have mm-hmm. this—they—they have this, they, they this follower, th- these following, these believers that simply are going to buy because it's going to be amazing. Yeah, most probably, they
0: buy Apple products religiously. Yeah, that's exactly like religion. So, <laughs> yeah, because product. they
1: do because they do make amazing hardware. So that is going to be interesting. Yeah, one last thing that we just want to mention a bit is that that funny um, Quest Pro leak. <laughs> yeah, where somebody <laughs> found it in a yeah, in, in a dumpster at this uh, hotel or what it was just so funny, and the guy even going on to an interview talking about this. Yeah, that was really interesting. So, you, what are your thoughts, um, Bradley, about this? As you always, as you also like to leak something, but more on a professional basis rather than, <laughs> than than this thing that happened. Do you think it was it was real, or do you think it was staged somehow? It was meant to be like this from Meta. What are your thoughts about this funny leak? I don't think it was staged at all, personally.
2: Um, I know humans make stupid mistakes all the time. Um, Yeah, yeah. well, um, I I just want to say it made me happy because uh, it it really showed off the design and the front and like a lot of things have been leaked. It actually, it made some, I was watching a lot of podcasts after that happened, right? And everyone was like, Oh my God, Brad was right about everything. I'm terrified. <laughs> that means the the fifteen hundred dollar price tag might also be real, mm-hmm. right? So like, it it was a fun time for me because it's just like it's finally out there. Um, people get to see it, get to see the comparisons I've made with or like the the files I've shown off. So, right. I, I don't have much to say about it. It was just like you know, it's just like it. it I have seen the Christmas presents before they were opened. And that was just the opening of the Christmas presents where I had to pretend to act surprised, you know, uh, so. right. That's uh, what
1: are your thoughts? So, Tatiana? so
0: it's there's one there's a difference between <laughs> what Brad is doing, you know, with the leaking and, and finding this kind of documentation, and 100, speculation. 100, yes, and just like straight up opening you said it christmas gift for me it was so disappointing i was sad <laughs> sorry and i haven't yeah. even covered it on much honestly i i just I, I didn't i didn't i felt so weirded out about it because the first you know review i saw of uh, the, the first hands-on of playstation vr 2 it was magical it was well yeah, made totally you know agree. it was a great quality uh, I, I gain all the information and just seeing that that potato quality video of the headset that we've been waiting for, you know, almost two years was like extremely underwhelming and disappointing. And I felt like, I don't know, i I've I felt bad about them. Honestly, I did. I didn't want to draw more attention towards it because I knew that it's already coming so soon and we didn't learn much from it. Like we literally didn't learn anything other than, oh, look at it. Like he He couldn't, you know, check out inside, but it already kind of ruined this initial impression that I was looking forward to it regardless of what the headset was going to be. So, yeah.
1: That, totally those were my thoughts.
0: Very, emo- very emotional time for <laughs> me it was. But I can not tell you that it definitely was not staged.
1: No, I totally agree with you. This cannot be staged because like Meta, they're taking so much care of the marketing message, how it goes out, right? How they control every single piece of information. That is simply so for me, it was more funny to see it. Like I'm a guy who wants to get my hands on these devices first, but I cannot, right? So, so, so for me, it was kind of funny to see that that really bad, like, like, um, unboxing of the device. So yeah, I, I also don't think it was staged. It was just like, okay, this, this engineer, who owned that engineering sample. He had a really bad day, or probably had an amazing night before, but the next day was not amazing. So yeah, that was super unfortunate and probably he has lost his job. Like I, I, totally, I totally believe that this is something that normally Meta cannot, cannot, cannot accept, right? That one of the engineers leaves that super important engineering sample in that black bag in front of the hotel room.
0: It's that situation where you had one job. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You have one job.
1: (laughs) Keep it secret. Do your engineering magic on that thing. And that's it. Don't put it into a bag and put it in front of that hotel room. Yeah, (laughs) but I totally agree. This cannot be staged. No, because Meta Mm -hmm. does not want to have this really bad unboxing. And they Mm -hmm. also don't want this kind of comparison out there now <laughs> of the lenses, <laughs> crap, like, like just <laughs> just look up the, just look at the size of the know, lenses between the Quest Pro and the Pico 4, like ouch. And I, I'm still wondering about the light leakage of the Quest Pro. Like like if I look at this, I'm looking at this picture on the left of the Quest Pro. It simply looks like there would be a lot of light leaking there. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Ouch. So that that is bad, in my opinion. So that looks that looks strange, right? This comparison if left (laughs) $1,500, right? 429 euros. Wow, for these for the people who are what who are not watching this, but listening to it on the left, we see uh, a picture of the Quest Pro of that leak with like kind of small lenses and on the right we can see the the Pico 4 with the huge lenses and yeah I saw that on the MRTV discord server it was posted by Ikuma so thanks for posting this <laughs> I think this this is a pretty this is a pretty interesting comparison. The
0: a thumbnail right there it's like yeah, a killer it, it thumbnail.
1: Is a, it is, yeah Meta would not be too happy about that.
0: <laughs> no but then we would see it eventually I mean there's really very little time left until we know everything, really, there is to know about it. So yeah,
1: I, I I can't wait for that. I'm looking forward to to that connect. But I do I I, I kind of anticipate that kind of breakup between Meta and the gamers, the pro gamers who want this to be like a $899 device that is simply more amazing than the Quest 2. But yep, if it's mm. truly like positioned as this Um, Mixed reality device, they will compete against the Apple headset. Well, $1,500 is an amazing price. (laughs) So, yeah. you
0: see what's happening here right now, especially in the US, so uh, gamers are looking forward. They were looking forward to all these headsets, PlayStation VR 2, Pico, Quest Pro. And they're like, okay, which one will I get? Which one will I get? So Pico gets released and it's not in the US. So that's already out of the question. Yeah. Even though it's a great headset, it would have been an amazing upgrade. If we just can't get it. We'll be able to take advantage of it. Then Quest Pro will be released. And most likely, it could be a disappointment for gamers, gamers too, if it's really not really fo- focusing on pro gamers. So the only thing that's left is PlayStation VR 2. Oh, so yeah. So Everyone more will get users it. The, like, but specifically from the U.S. because of these decos limitation, it's a Christmas gift for play, for, for Sony. It's, it's it going to be in. When they get released, I can't right. wait. It's going to be adding it, added content for my channel for
1: sure. Oh, I, li- I like it. I'm, I'm going to watch your video where you're going to have this kind of, yeah, su- summing up all that stuff. That's going to be exciting. But unfortunately, for Christmas, they can't get it right. So, so what are people in the states going to put under the Christmas tree, Bradley? It- or they're gonna yeah. market Quest Two all over again, hard. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh wow! I wow, it's going to be a tough call, yeah, I think.
0: Disappointing, right? So really, nothing, nothing new then for us people in the U.S. Nothing to. Oh too-
1: yeah. You know what? I was I was really honestly thinking about a business where I sent Pickle Force to people in the U.S. Like. <laughs> adding some, some, of course, some kind of handling fee, <laughs> but then sending it over. Yeah, so do let me know in the comment section if you believe that is a viable business and how much you would pay for this kind of service. <laughs> Let's see how it goes. <laughs> yep, okay. With that, I believe that... The first episode of Season 3 is finished and that was an amazing episode. I'm so glad to be back here with you guys at the Next Dimension podcast. I do hope that you enjoyed it. If yes, Give it a thumbs up right now! Right now, three hundred and sixty people watching this. This is amazing, and um, yeah, do leave a comment also for the algorithm, right? Because these long videos they do very bad algorithm-wise. So do that, and also give it a five-star review on iTunes. Get your iPhone and iPad out, find the the podcast app which is pre-installed, find this find this uh, podcast, and give it a five-star review. Oh. Lots of things they have to do. (laughs) So so do it all. Do it all. Yeah. That would be amazing. And, um, yeah, that's everything that we got here. So thanks a lot for Tatiana and thanks a lot for Bradley to come on the show, of course, and yeah, have this amazing show. Thanks for your time. Thank you. And for all of you out there, see you next time. Until then. Bye-bye.
0: Bye.